Well, we're jumping back into this week's study of the Encounter God Bible study. If you are joining me for the first time, my name is Lisa Pulliam. I'm so glad that you are here, whether you are watching this video in the Encounter God Bible study available at academy.moretobe.com, or if you're listening to our podcast edition of this Bible study, either way that you're joining me, I'm just really grateful to have you here because as we dig into God's word, we are transformed. This concept of understanding his attributes and the character of God that I kicked off our study in January 2020 was really about trying to get to know God better. Who is he? What does he promise? Why does he promise it? How does he want us to understand him in light of our circumstances, in light of our, our own personalities and attributes and character traits? Think of it this way. Uh, I saw on, on Facebook recently uh, a friend, actually, Barb Bruce. She's uh, going to be on the More to Be podcast coming up in a few, ep a few episodes. Uh, she had a virtual graduation for her daughter, similar to what we had done for our daughter. And what she did was she had each person participate in this Zoom graduation by taking a letter of her daughter's name and using finding a word that fit her daughter and then they had this virtual graduation and and the people who participated her friends and family shared about why this word meant something to them in context of relationship with Barbara's daughter and I, I was just thinking like that is similar to what we are doing we are looking at God and we're thinking about him more intentionally to understand who he is and and just remember him and bless his name uh, one of the pictures that Barbara's put up w was clearly of her and her daughter both crying. And and her comment on it was that this was such an emotional experience that was kind of more valuable than maybe even a graduation ceremony. That was my takeaway of how I read that. Because that is what we experienced when we did my daughter's virtual graduation. She got to hear from some significant people in her life how proud they were of her and how much they had learned from watching her and how she had inspired them in various ways. And we never speak those praises out in a normal setting, especially not even at a graduation, right? We're just cheering for them walking across the stage for the accomplishment. But do we take the time to speak those blessings over each other? And typically not. And when I think about this Encounter God Bible study, this is kind of what we're doing. We are speaking out the names of God and the attributes of God and saying, God, thank you that this is who you are and this is how you remain to your people no matter the day and age. His character and attributes are timeless. So this week we're studying Psalm uh, 71 verse 22 and we're looking at this name of God, Holy One of Israel. And the NLT translation says, then I will praise you with music on the heart because you are faithful to your promises. Oh my God, I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. So clearly we've come into the middle of a text, right? And we need to, to zoom out and look at the context of what is being said. And as we do so, I just really want to point out to you this idea of God being the Holy One of Israel. It just may not have any meaning to us because we are, we're not the Israelites. Sure, we're, we could be descendants of them, but we are not the Israelites. Metaphorically, we live like the Israelites, but that I, I can't think of a church service that I've been in or a prayer group that I've been in where somebody has praised you, God, for being the Holy One of Israel. Like That's just not 
personal to us, but why is it relevant and personal in this context? And so if you pick up with uh, the beginning of 71, uh, the subheading in my book says, God's help in old age. And right there, I, I just have context, right? Like God's help in old age. So this is coming from a perspective of over a lifetime, Lord, this is what we are learning and discerning about you. And, and there's another gal, I wanna show you this book, uh, Becoming Sage, Cultivating Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality in Midlife by Michelle Van Loon. It's not, it's not a recent release, but I've interviewed Michelle for the podcast and she'll be on it in upcoming episodes. And she talks about seasons and stage and stages for our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. And Psalm 71 to me just represents that. So it says, it starts off at the beginning, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Never let me be disgraced in your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me where I can always go. Give the commands to save me, for you are my rock and fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the power of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the oppressive. For you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from youth. I have leaned on you from birth. You took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about you. I am like a miraculous sign to many, and you are my strong refuge. My mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long. So that was through verse eight and that's in the CSB translation. And some of the things that stuck out to me was you know, that we study that God is a rock and this is how he's being referred to again. He is a refuge. We only need refuge if we are in trouble, right? And so life is a life of, of hardship and suffering that that is normal for us over our lifetime. In this case, uh, the psalmist has known God since a young age, and even in that has also known suffering and hardship. But he has found God to be his hope and his confidence. Can we say that God is our hope and God is our confidence? Is he our strong refuge? And if he's not, let me challenge you with these questions. Like, where do you put your hope and confidence? Where do you uh, go to for a place of refuge. What are you turning to instead of God? Is it is it people, food? Uh, uh, you know, what is it that you are turning to? Is it your title? Is it your home? Is it isolation? Is it socialization? Like, what is your confidence, your hope, and your refuge uh, as you struggle through life, which is normal, right? And then verse nine um, says, don't discard me in my old age. As my strength fails, don't abandon me. For my enemies talk about me, so we deal with gossip. For those who spy and plot together saying God has abandoned him. All right, we have the naysayers. Let's chase him and catch him for there's no one to rescue him. God, do not be far from me. My God, hurry to help me. May my adversaries be disgraced and destroyed. May those who intend to harm me be covered with disgrace and humiliation. Here's someone who has known God since their childhood, who continues to say that God is their hope, their confidence and strength, and they are going through difficult times. I think how many times does the enemy seek to undermine our faith by telling us that it's our fault and that God has abandoned us and that we shouldn't believe in him anymore because look at how hard life is even with him. Why not live without him? 
And yet this is evidence that, that the opposite can be true. Life can be hard and God can be our confidence. Verses uh, 14, but I will hope continually. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell about your righteousness and your salvation all day long, though I cannot sum them up. I come because of the mighty acts of the Lord, the God, our God. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. So this person's faithfulness to God, that that his, his determination is to continually say the praises of the Lord and declare his mighty acts. And how profound is that when that comes out of the mouth of somebody who has endured, right? The older generation, and I'm starting to move into that older generation. For some, I am the older generation. To say, this is hard, but God is faithful. This is hard, but God has provided. So again, he says, God, you have taught me from my youth. And I still proclaim your wondrous works. Even while I'm old and gray, do not abandon me. While I proclaim your power to another generation, and your strength to all who are to come, your righteous reaches the heights, God, you who have done great things, God, who is like you? You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. Are we able to say that, God, you caused me to experience these hardships and troubles, and yet you will revive me again? Can God be both the God who is the source of your hardships and the source of your uh, reviving, your bringing back to life? Can he be both? Or does he only need to be one or the other? I mean, this is just hard theological stuff to get our brain around. That hard things, I wrote this in my Bible, hard things sometimes come from God, but he revives us. You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. You will bring me up again, even from the depths of the earth. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Therefore, I will praise you with a harp for your faithfulness, my God. I will sing to you with a lyre, Holy One of Israel. There's our verse. And now it has context. This is the, the end of a powerful declaration that God is faithful. No matter what, over this lifetime, God is faithful. And that our praise comes out of understanding that he is the Holy One, the set-apart one who has revived Israel and who will revive us. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you because you have redeemed me. Therefore, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness all day long. For those who intend to harm me will be disgraced and confounded. What is it that you say of God today? Could these words be yours? Will these words be yours? How are you engaging in this life of faith that God has given to you as you begin to take a deeper understanding of who he is and, and demystify the magic genie, the cosmic God in the sky who, who sends down thunderbolts, the God of just the Old Testament, the God of just the New Testament, that Jesus loves you, this I know. How, how are you uh, wrapping your heart and your mind around the attributes of God from every angle, not just the ones that feel comfortable? Because this is hard. This is hard stuff, right? Like, I have a hard time with this. You caused me to experience many troubles and misfortunes, but you will revive me again. Like, I just get really honest with God and say, I don't understand that. But I, I'm going to take it by faith and ask that you increase my faith where I doubt 
and increase my trust where I want to take over and be in control. And so God, I give this to you and I praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God, that you are the Holy One of Israel. Help me to understand who you are and that that is an attribute worth remembering. I am so glad that you joined me on this Encounter God Bible study. And I am grateful that we get to continue to pursue a fresh encounter with God through the study of his word so that we may live transformed and impact the world with kingdom hope. That's what it means to align with God's best. I pray that you'll be able to do that today and in the days to come. And I look forward to seeing you next time.